Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How's everybody doing this Tuesday? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Boy, do we have a great show for you today. School is in session. This is going to be the first class of Bracketology 101. I hope you get enrolled soon. I'm going to have my Bracketology show. I'm going to recap the Hawks' disappointing loss to the Chicago Bulls last night. And for the first time in six years, I watched an episode of The Bachelor last night. All right, here we go. Conference Championships this week i am super excited first kicking things off at 3 p.m the san francisco 49ers taking on the philadelphia eagles the eagles are a slight two and a half point favorite the latest espn score projector has got them winning at a 64 percent rate the weather is going to be in the low 40s and it doesn't look like there's going to be rain or snow Perfect weather for a 49ers team that travels well because they have a stout defense and a run game. And I also like the matchup between these two physical defenses. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles like to get at it. I mean, they led the NFL in sacks. And the 49ers had playmakers as well on defense. And I'm very intrigued by the matchup between Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. The two youngest quarterbacks to face off in a conference championship is Brock Purdy's only 23, and Jalen Hurts is only 24. And fun fact, these two quarterbacks met in a Big 12 showdown a couple of years ago when Oklahoma beat Iowa State 42-41, and now they are facing off once again in the conference championship. Jalen Hurts, he really has improved in year three. Last year, he threw 16 touchdowns for nine picks, 61% completion. He has jumped up to 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, and he has completed 66% of his passes. So whoever is the quarterback's coach in Philly, somebody get him a head coaching job because that is an incredible stat. And Jalen Hurts has been an MVP candidate all season, 14-1 as a starter, And Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I believe that Jalen Hurts is a top-five quarterback right now, and he can win a Super Bowl. Philly should win this game. They are favored. They're playing at home. Are the 49ers the hot team right now with 12 straight wins? Brock Purdy 7-0 as a starter. Can the 49ers get the win on the road? It wouldn't be much of an upset because a lot of people are thinking the 49ers are the better team. But it is actually going back and forth between – 49ers and the Eagles, they're both very similar teams, and the 49ers are getting killed by Philly Sports Talk Radio. I mean, it is brutal. The one thing about Philly fans, they are passionate, but they are also very brutal. You know, one time they booed Santa Claus. All the Philly sports fans, they just love their Philadelphia Eagles, but you got to remember the Eagles only have the one Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, who's no longer their head coach, wrote a book. They have a statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles calling up the Philly special. The Eagles have the one Super Bowl. I think they can get back to the Super Bowl. 
that would make their third Super Bowl appearance. Also, fun fact that these two teams, Chip Kelly has coached in the NFL. And it didn't work out, of course, as a 49ers fan. That was the biggest disaster in 49ers history when Chip Kelly was hired as the coach and they went 2-14. and 14. It wasn't because he was a good offensive play caller. They had the worst defense in the league. Now things are changed and times are changed. Kyle Shanahan has been a home run hire since he was hired by the Niners in 2017. And he has reached the conference championship three of the last four years I'm just happy that the 49ers are here. I think that they could win, but the only way that they have to win is Brock Purdy is going to have to play special. Brock Purdy actually managed the game well against the Cowboys. He did not make the big mistake, but he has got to make one or two plays that make you think, wow, okay, he's got some intangibles that could lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts is already there, but the 49ers are going to slow the Eagles down. The Eagles are not going to score 38 points on the Niners' defense. But the Eagles could get just enough plays. I like the matchup between Chavarius Ward going up against either A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith, and then Diamondaire Lenore on the other side. I think that the Eagles are going to test the 49ers' corners. But I think the X factor is the slot receiver, Quay Watkins. I like the matchup with Quay Watkins and Jimmy Ward as the nickel corner for the 49ers. But the Eagles' defensive line, they had the most sacks in the NFL. Looking at some of these stats, Hassan Reddick, I mean, the 49ers know him from his time in Arizona. 16 sacks. You got Josh Sweat. You have Brandon Graham, who had a huge sack in the Super Bowl. And Fletcher Cox. The savvy veteran only has seven sacks this year. I know he's getting up there in age, but the Eagles have some great plays. I think the Eagles have the two best corners in football, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Darius Slay. It is going to be hard for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel to get open. There's not going to be any opportunities for Brock Purdy to roll to his right or left and to find open receivers. I think George Kittle is going to have to have a big game. But then you got to worry about the linebackers for the Philadelphia Eagles, T.J. Edwards and Kazir White. Well, the Eagles are a very underrated team, and they really turned things around from 9-8 and eight last year and losing in the first round of the playoffs to 14-3 and three this year. I think Nick Sirianni should get some consideration for Coach of the Year, but he has got some great coaches on his staff. But I was looking back at the Eagles' regular season. I mean, they went off to that hot start. There were some games they won barely on the road. I mean, the Eagles are a very tough team at home, but they barely beat Indianapolis on the road. They barely beat Chicago on the road. That 25-20 win against the Bears, Jalen Hurts threw two picks. That win against the Lions to open the season, it was a very close game, and that wasn't the Lions that we've noticed at toward the end of the season. The Philadelphia Eagles did lose to the Washington Commanders, They did lose two games when Jalen Hurts was out of the lineup, and the Eagles had to fight hard to get that number one seed all the way to the end of the season. The Eagles have had a great regular season, but I do feel that they could come down to earth just a little bit because that 38-7 win over the Giants was just because the Giants were a very flawed team, and the Eagles had the rest. They were ready to go. Jalen Hurts coming back from that injury, and I think that Lane Johnson is the key. The Eagles will be able to move the football if Lane Johnson is completely healthy. 
the Eagles are such an underrated team, and I think they could get back to the Super Bowl. But this is just going to be such a great matchup. And then we have the rematch of the AFC Championship last year, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. These are the two best quarterbacks in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Now, Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. Is that going to affect his mobility? Absolutely, it's going to affect his mobility. And Joe Burrow, he is starting to play on another level. I cannot believe the Bengals are back here after losing to the Rams in the Super Bowl last year. And Joe Burrow just torched the Buffalo Bills without three starters on the offensive line. And he's on the same page with Jamar Chase. Remember last year's game, the Chiefs went up 21-3, and they could have went up 28-3 to end the half. And then the Bengals came back, and they win it in overtime. The Bengals are not afraid to play in Kansas City. In fact, Kansas City really wanted Buffalo to win that game on Sunday, even if it was a neutral site game, because Buffalo was a very flawed team. The Bengals are just firing on all cylinders, and I think the Bengals could pull out the upset. So an early Super Bowl pick, it's easy to go with the favorites and say it's going to be Kansas City and Philadelphia. I think it could be San Francisco and Cincinnati, but really all the possible Super Bowl outcomes are going to be fascinating and I just cannot wait oh it's going to be fun and then you know of course we're going to be wrapping up football which means we'll have the XFL and the USFL so I am looking forward to that and of course you have the NFL combine you have the draft you have national signing day in college football on February the 1st such a great time here to talk about sports now normally on Tuesday I try to get a guest on the show I do not have a guest today. Now, some circumstances, I had a guest lined up, and that guest had some other obligations. And I could not find a backup guest, which means I'm probably going to reach out to people a week in advance just to be safe because I have to do a show. So I am doing a show once again without a guest. I normally don't have a guest on Mondays. I'm going with no guest here on Tuesdays, but I do have my live show tonight at Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, so you might want to check that out. That's going to be replayed here on this station tomorrow, so I really am looking forward to doing a short, condensed show, and so the radio show that you're going to get is going to have a short, condensed show with a best of show as well, because we got to fit the hour. All right. NBA last night, I'm just going to run down some of the scores. The Atlanta Hawks, I was listening to this game on the radio. Steve Holman does a great job. And DeMar DeRozan scores 26. He records his 1,000th career point in his NBA career as the Chicago Bulls get closer to overtaking the Hawks in that play-in tournament. They defeat the Atlanta Hawks in Chicago, 111-100. to And the Hawks were without DeAndre Hunter. They were without Anyeka Kongru. And this goes to show that this is bad coaching. The Atlanta Hawks are not a very consistent team. And even when they have 80% of their pieces, they can't pull off a win against a team that they're supposed to beat, even on the road. This falls on coaching. You don't think that the Boston Celtics have great coaching? Look at the Brooklyn Nets. When they fired Steve Nash and they got Jock Vaughn, that is a coaching difference. Milwaukee's putting 150 on Detroit. That's coaching. That's Mike Budenholzer 
really turning things around. And the Hawks really have not had a great coach since Mike Budenholzer. That team that won 60 games in 2015, that was all Mike Budenholzer. And then he bails because he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. When they got rid of Al Horford and Paul Millsap, the Hawks were done for. Look, I like Trey Young. Trey Young is a good offensive piece. He is the face of this franchise. Getting DeJounte Murray was huge. But the Hawks have not been consistent at all this season. The Hawks are in danger of really falling out of the playing game. Toronto is only two games behind the top ten teams in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta right now would be the number eight seed. They're one game behind the Knicks. Chicago gets right into the tenth seed. Look, it's fine if Atlanta is able to win two playing games like they did last year, but that means they would have to play the Boston Celtics in the first round. That doesn't bode well for the Atlanta Hawks. They have a bad history against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics seem to own them in the playoffs, and the Celtics are just playing on another level. 35-13. and 13. Unbelievable. I think they're going to reach the NBA Finals like they did last year, and they might even win it all. All right, late last night, you had the Sacramento Kings beating the Memphis Grizzlies. What is going on with the Grizzlies? Three straight losses, and this does not bode well for Memphis. I'm trying to figure Memphis out. Maybe it's just the long road trip. You know, they had to go to L.A., Phoenix, and then up to Sacramento, and they lose three straight games. They could figure this out. They're still in second place, but the Sacramento Kings... This has got to be the story of the league. 27-19, and 19, and they are in third place in the Western Conference, just five and a half games behind the Denver Nuggets. I'm calling it. The Sacramento Kings are going to break that postseason drought. I don't think they're just going to get into the playing game. I think that the Sacramento Kings will make the playoffs, and I think that they will win a playoff series. This Sacramento Kings team reminds me of that Kings team in the early 2000s with Chris Webber, Peja Stojakovic, Mike Bibby, Vladi Divac, and Doug Christie. Probably the greatest starting five ever assembled that has never won an NBA championship. So great job by the Sacramento Kings. They are doing it with the leading rebounder in the NBA, Domitatus Sabonis. They're also doing it with their all-star guard. Well, he should make the all-star team, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is going to make the all-star team. He's been having a great season. Keegan Murray is going to get first-team all-rookie. I don't think he's going to get rookie of the year. I think that that's going to belong to Paolo Boncaro or Benedict Matherin. I think that Boncaro, even though the Magic aren't really all that good, Boncaro is just putting up great numbers. He's the only rookie that's averaging 20 points. Benedict Matherin's averaging 17 points. And then Jaden Ivey for the Detroit Pistons. He's averaging... 15.2 points a game, but it's really Keegan Murray averaging 12 points a game and Jabari Smith Jr., the talented player that played at Sandy Creek playing for the Houston Rockets. Played for Auburn last year, and he's averaging 12 points a game. Love the NBA. I'll talk NBA on this show all the time. Big shocking game, the Magic beating the Celtics 113-98. to I'm just looking at some of the NBA scores. We had kind of a a quiet lineup of games. The TNT game tonight is the Boston Celtics taking on the Miami Heat, which the Heat are starting to turn it up. And then you got the Clippers taking on the Lakers on TNT tonight. Speaking of the Lakers, they make a huge trade getting Rui 
Hachinura from the Washington Wizards. They ship off Kendrick Nunn in three picks to the Washington Wizards. Maybe this is the final piece where they can finally have a 3 and D guy. The Lakers have been struggling. They don't shoot threes. Anthony Davis is coming back. And now the Lakers are starting to become that desperate team that is trying to do their best to sneak into the play-in game. Well, how far are they from the play-in game? They are just a half game out. And this game tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers could be the difference of the Lakers getting back into that play-in game. And once they get into the play-in game, you know, I've said on this show that I don't see them beating a Denver Nuggets or a Memphis Grizzlies team, but they're capable of beating Sacramento. They are. So you got to watch out for that. Sacramento right now is the number three seed. I don't know if they could get all the way to the number six seed, but uh, we'll see about that. Hey, new college basketball rankings came out late yesterday. Purdue is number one. I thought Alabama was going to be number one, followed by Houston, Tennessee at number four, Kansas State after getting a big win over Kansas. They're number five. Arizona, number six. You got Virginia, number seven. UCLA, number eight. Nice to see some blue bloods in there. And Kansas at number nine. Texas is at number 10. Kentucky falls out of the rankings. And guess what? In my latest bracketology, now this was updated as of January the 20th. So it doesn't really reflect the new rankings that came out. Now this is according to Joe Lenardi at ESPN. Get ready for the Bracketology Show. So every Tuesday, I'm going to have my Bracketology Show. And if I have a guest on Tuesday, that guest is also going to be enrolled in my Bracketology Show. All right. Here are the projected number one seeds according to Joe Lenardi. Now, I think with the new rankings, this is going to change. But he has Purdue, Alabama, Houston, and Kansas, with Purdue being the overall number one seed. I don't know about Kansas. I think that because Kansas is ranked number nine, he's given Kansas a lot of credit with their strength of schedule and RPI. I think that Kansas is a number two seed. But who would you put in there as that other number one seed? Maybe Tennessee. Tennessee is ranked fourth right now. But the number two seeds are Iowa State, Arizona, UCLA, and Tennessee. I'm only going to do the number all the way up to number three. So the number three seeds are Xavier. Virginia, Gonzaga, and Texas. The last four in. Now, these teams would be in a play-in game. There would be 11 seeds and 12 seeds in that first four in the NCAA tournament. I'm just excited that I'm doing this. It's not even February yet, and I already got a bracketology show out. The last four in is Ohio State, West Virginia, Northwestern, and Oklahoma. All right, get ready. The first four out, these would be the number one seeds in the NIT, Kentucky, Penn State, Nevada, and Texas A&M. And I looked in the latest projected brackets. Georgia is nowhere to be found. Georgia does not have an impressive RPI strength of schedule. They have an impressive record, and I think that Georgia could get into the NIT. But no love for Georgia this year. They don't have any quality wins. It's a wonderful story. Mike White has just done an amazing job with the Georgia Bulldogs. I like the play of Terry Roberts, but I think that Georgia should have beat Vanderbilt over that past weekend. That was a tough loss at Stegman Coliseum. And in my bracketology, 
as I get ready to fill out these brackets, I've got Kennesaw State making it to the NCAA tournament. Kennesaw State is a number 13 seed. They win the Atlantic Sun over Liberty, and they get into the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history, and North Metro Atlanta is going to go nuts. I'm telling you that that whole community of Marietta, Kennesaw, Ackworth, Woodstock, they are going to go crazy for Kennesaw State. You're going to see a lot more Kennesaw State memorabilia. You know, we support Kennesaw State. My wife went there. The Kennesaw State Owls are going to make the NCAA tournament. You heard it first here on the Sports Beat. Get ready. Right. So I did something that I have not done in six years. You know, when I first got married, my wife and I used to watch The Bachelor all the time. It was her favorite show. And I love the drama between the girls and just going back and forth. And uh, usually, you know, fan favorites would be on Bachelor Pad or Bachelor in Paradise or whatever they want to call it. And then uh, maybe somebody that gets into the top four that they absolutely love becomes the next Bachelorette. Well, I only watched The Bachelor last night because Columbus, Georgia has what we would call a fan favorite, a Charity Lawson, who's from Columbus, Georgia. In fact, she mentions it on the show. I thought that she did great. I think that The Bachelor, Zach the Snack, as they're calling him, was very impressed with her. And I saw in the promos that she's going to go pretty far. And I noticed that she called Columbus a small town. Oh, that's cute. But Charity Lawson, who graduated from Columbus High, she went to Auburn. They had some shots of her standing on the Riverwalk. I mean, I love seeing somebody that is going to put our hometown on the map. And I wish her nothing but the best of luck. I hope that she at least gets to the hometown dates. But I'm going to make a prediction here on the show. If she does not win The Bachelor, she is going to be the next Bachelorette. I mean, she is a very likable person, and I'm not just saying that because she's from Columbus. She does have that personality that people want to see her, whether or not she wins or if she's going to be the next Bachelorette, because I think that she is one of the favorites. I mean, she has got to be right now. And I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette often, but I will for her because I want to see a fan favorite win this whole thing. All right, that is all the time I have here on this show, but stay tuned for some best of shows here on WQEE. And then after that, we got Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We'll be right back with a quick break and then some best of shows. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, this is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.